0: week's host Dixie Cochran here with Eddie Webb hello hello it's just the two of us again
1: just the two of us
0: we can make it if we try just the
1: two, two of us. us
0: you and I um yeah so it's a Dixie and Eddie episode again uh because you know we do what we can in these in these times yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's funny because like that was like a very 2020 moment of like yeah it's we're this rough time and say like, oh wait no it's been like 20 months
0: <laughs> i mean yeah but it's been 20 months of a rough time
1: It's <laughs> just never going to not be a rough time i think at this point
0: yeah i mean yeah i uh, gestures vaguely at the world outside i guess you know
1: well and it's it is interesting like um how these knock-on effects have been affecting just a lot of things. I mean, mm-hmm. before we started recording, we were talking about how um, we thought when the vaccines are rolling out that around this time, conventions will start being more of a thing. And it's not quite a thing yet. It's, some conventions are still being held. Mm-hmm. But um, – with, with the, the Delta variant and, you know, numbers spiking everywhere, you know, like here in Atlanta, you know, drag cons could happen in a couple of weeks. And there's a lot of my friends and, you know, you've even said it's like, yeah, maybe not going.
0: Maybe don't go <laughs> this, um, this, this year. Right. If you do go, please be very, 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 very safe.
1: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that that's, that's a big part of it. And, um, but, you know, there are people who uh, printers are having trouble staffing people uh, mm-hmm. because of COVID still. Um. And on top of all that, because of reduction in staff, uh, shipping has gotten a lot more expensive.
0: Oh, boy, has it. Uh, I know there was a recent Monday Meeting blog that Rich talked about it. So definitely go check that out um, from a couple weeks ago if you have not. But yeah, like shipping is a nightmare right now, globally.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, at least, again, here in Georgia, um, people thought they were going to have their kids go back to school. But then schools are getting shut down again because outbreaks are happening in schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you are a parent who also works in top gaming industry, then that means that the time you thought you had to work on your business now you has go back towards once again taking care of your kids. Um, yeah, granted,
0: so, none of us on Onyx path have school age kids except for Matthew. Rich, um, I, I thought I thought all his kids were done with school.
1: Uh, well, good? yeah, the last one did graduate high school. So
0: yeah, yeah, they're on college now. Right, um, so. but yeah, they're so like. You know, it's 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 still frustrating, and it's it's hard sharing those childcare duties, and like I I feel bad for all my friends who have young kids, and that's that's a lot of my friends. Like I am I am of an age where many of my friends have young kids, mm-hmm. and like it is very frustrating for them, and I I, I feel awful for them. So many knock on effects, like like you said,
1: right? So it's been um, <laughs> granted it's not the topic for the episode, but it's I think it's worth kind of talking about this a little bit. Is yeah. Um, I think when we were around this time, even a little earlier, June, July, uh, 2020 was very kind of recognizing that this is going to be a long-term thing and we have to make some changes to kind of address mm-hmm. those long-term things. And a lot of folks, uh, our freelancers, our fans, you know, internally, whatever, were like, you know, it's going to be a rough time, rough, rough few months. We'll kind of mm-hmm. get through it. Um, but even then I remember Rich saying, we're going to be living with this for maybe a year or two uh this is not gonna necessarily I mean, there's a the short-term concerns but then there's gonna mm-hmm. be long-term because stuff's gonna back up and then we're gonna get caught up and there's, there's a lot of reasons so it's like i know i was mentally planning 2021 might be still pretty rough uh and so there's been interesting to see people's comments like oh, why isn't this book done yet or on. it's like some of those projects that we're working on are still shaking off uh the ramifications of 2020 and it's, are running into brand new ones now and here in 2021.
0: Yeah. Cause once again, shipping, printing all that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, that's, that's also part of the book. <laughs> right. Like at some point we're done writing it and editing it and everything. And then it needs to go, you know, get made into a book. And if that's also a problem, then. Eh. So yeah, no, it is, it has been a frustrating couple years, as I'm sure you all know. Um, and like, I, I already struggled with mental health stuff before this. And it got so much worse here in 2020. And now yeah. I'm on medications that I wasn't on before. Uh, so I'm doing better, but it still means that I'm, you know, clawing my way out of a pile of editing. Uh, just, 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 just buried under manuscripts, just, I'm, like, acting it out, but you can't see me. Like right. Clawing out of a hole right The funny now. part is,
1: in my head, I could see you making the clawing motions in front of you. I am. I I am. I am. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm,
0: I'm doing it. Like, my like hands are above my head, making claws, digging out of a pile of manuscripts. Um, but, yeah. So, you know, just please be a little patient with us. We're doing our best. Um, and our best may only be 70% of what it was two years ago right now. <laughs>
1: and relevant to this week um, mm-hmm. in the sense that uh, uh, Matthew's on vacation right now, and that's why we're doing this kind of solo, but the last year was not a vacation.
0: <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> right?
1: So it was the, let's try to survive this. And then, then we, you know, with the vaccines and whatnot, okay, we actually can get out of survival mode to a degree. Then it was catch up. And we're, we were just now hitting a point where it's like, okay, maybe taking a couple of days is a viable thing. Over mm-hmm. the past, again, 20 months. Um, because the last time I know I was at least seriously looking vacation was right after midwinter of 2020.
0: Yeah, same. I mean, I was supposed to go, my, my, dad and my stepmom live in uh cozumel mexico Mm -hmm. and i was supposed to go visit them for the first time down there last summer (laughs) or last like spring you know Mm -hmm. we we, we, we were talking about me coming down there when it was still kind of chilly here but it wasn't quite in the heat season there yet oh nice and i have not seen my parents in over a year (laughs)
1: yeah
0: (laughs) i would like to see them uh -hmm. i i i I will see them in a couple months when they come up here but and that's a maybe if travel is a little thing who knows
1: Right. And similarly, um, uh, my mom has been going through a lot of, of medical problems. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't really talked about it in the podcast, but uh, my mom did have uh, breast cancer right before 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really challenging for me because I could not go see her. It would be it would be unsafe for her, especially because she's going through chemotherapy, so she was immunocompromised. Right. So I was like, I definitely could not go down there. Um, and- She's had other medical problems since then. And so like, I wanted to go cool down and help her, but I know that isn't the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of things that are not even the obvious problems that come from this. And I was like, you know, I, I know I was out of my game for 2020 for, for many reasons. One of those was, you know, worrying. You know, and I have to figure out a way to, you know, I could take a funeral for my mom during COVID. You know, I was like, holy shit, I think about that. Yeah. Um, luckily, she's—I won't say fine, but she's she's recovering. She you know, she she got past it. Um, she's generally kicked it, so that's positive. Um, she just now has completely different problems that she couldn't get to because the cancer kind of swamped everything. And the COVID swamped everything. Now, it's, and now we're finding the underlying medical problems. We can start addressing those.
0: Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, not, not not to laugh at you know the medical hardship, but yeah, like it's, it's just at at, at some point. All the issues became so numerous. I think you just kind of have to laugh at them a little bit. Like, no, yeah, what absolutely. the fuck is this year? Right. Uh, because like every time you turn around, it's like a new problem. Whether it's like, you know, um, yeah, COVID, variants, vaccinations, uh, capital protests, protests, <laughs> uh, you know, all... yeah insurrections. All the other stuff that happened over last summer, obviously, Black Lives Matter movement, like everything, everything, everything. And like it's just been a shit show of a year and a half. And I feel like we're all still processing. And I feel like we're gonna be processing for a little while. And I wouldn't be surprised if some people come out of this with like brand new mental health issues. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to say I'm absolutely certain people are going to come out of this with brand new mental health issues. I, I have a lot of friends right now who are struggling with some version of agoraphobia. Yeah, I was just um, going to say
1: agoraphobia has got to be on the rise.
0: Yeah, and, like, I I mean, I feel like an idiot because, like, right after, like, after I was vaccinated, I was fully vaccinated. Me and a bunch of my friends went to the Baltimore Aquarium, and it was very crowded. Um, which I didn't expect because they said they were limiting a- attendance, but it was mm-hmm. very crowded. And it was like half masked people, half unmasked people. Mm. But in my brain, I was like, oh, we're vaccinated. For... We're fine, we're fine, we're fine. And then right after that, I started really hearing about like Delta and Lambda and everything. And I was like, God damn it. Did I spread it? Like, right. even if I didn't catch it, it's like, did I give it to someone? I don't know. I hope not. They weren't contact tracing there. Mm. No, no idea. So... I'm I'm not doing that again right now, obviously. Right. It, it it was in that brief window when everybody was like, Oh, we're vaccinated. We can go do stuff now. We should not be scared anymore.
1: Right. But I mean that, that that's kind of where I was coming from is that we we've hit this window and for a lot of things, for a lot of people, um, it was a relatively short jump to something that close resembled normalcy, right? Um, it's the, okay, I can go back to work or my kids come back to school or I can go to the aquarium or what have you. Um, for us, because our books take a long time and there's so many steps, and so many people involved in them, mm-hmm. um, there, 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 there absolutely is a, a knock on effect and we do have bottlenecks. Um, and you mentioned editing, but like one of the things that we don't talk about is that as you've been getting more editing books out, that means more books have been hitting uh, Mike Cheney's desk for layout and art direction much faster. Right. Um, so then now he's got to pile up.
0: That is the nature of having. I mean, like I know people want to debate the nature of indie game studio all day long.
1: No oh boy. Yeah.
0: But when <laughs> which which I'm I'm not going to get into. But the point is, like I am the editing department. Right. Granted, I I assign things out to other editors, but everything passes through my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with art and layout. Like everything goes through Mike Cheney. Even if someone else does the layout, he right. still has to look at it, approve it you know, look at the art. So like, even if he's not contracting the artists, he has to look at the art and make sure it lines up with what he wants. Right. And so like, and that's, that's, that's me editing. where like, I have to hire my editors. I've to talked to my editors. I have to contract them and pay them and everything else. And I also have to, you know, I, I, I do try to glance over their work. I don't look at the entire manuscript when they hand it in. And especially once someone's kind of established with me, I don't do that. Right. But like the when I'm hiring new people, I, I, I glance over their work. Like one of the biggest mistakes that new editors make is that they um don't put their name in the credits. Right. So half the time I get it back, I see that the credits still don't have their name in it, so I add their name real quick and then shoot it out of the pipeline. Um and then tell them on Slack, like, put your name in the credits. Um but but yeah, so like there are these little little bottlenecks. Like every I mean even if you look at like every Scion project has to go through you and every Trinity project has to go through you, mm-hmm. you know. That's that's still a bit of a bottleneck.
1: And um, that's one thing, uh, a common uh, production fallacy is if I have five people working on a project, if I add five more people, then immediately my project velocity doubled. And that's just not true. In fact, studies have successfully found that if you add more people quickly to a project, you actually lose momentum briefly because you have to get those people up to speed. They're going to make mistakes. Someone has to double check their work. Mm -hmm. So for a brief period of time, the established team are going to be spending more time than they would have spent over time. As, as the, the new members get up to speed and get more comfortable, like you said, you're not going to be checking their work as often. Uh, Mike's not going to be as worried about things, but mm-hmm. as you train those new people into the ways that you need to get things done, you're going to, have to spend a lot of time basically doing a job for them effectively to get them to learn. Right. And so it does mean that, Short term, you're going to see it's going to be even slower. And we're now hitting the point where you're starting to see the benefit of you and Mike taking extra time to actually work with folks. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been seeing just things a little bit faster. There's more confidence in the building product. Uh, so, I mean, we're, we're now at a point where I think things are start picking up. But that's why we're, uh, you know, a year and a half in and things are just now starting to loosen up a bit.
0: Yeah, Totally. And that's that's just you know that's the nature of the thing, and it's it, it's great, and we're getting better, and we're, we're we're figuring it out. But there are these bottlenecks, and there always will be. Also, by the way, we're talking about the approvals process today. Um, <laughs> I because I I was going to say also, Rich looks at every single product that, that we put out.
1: Right. I was say like, I, I was hoping you'd segue like, into that. <laughs> like
0: like Rich is the creative director of Onyx Path. He's right. the he's the owner of Onyx Path, and because of that like he he at least gets to you know page through every single thing we put out mm-hmm. uh, to make sure it looks the way he wants it to etc um sometimes he's more hands on with certain projects uh sometimes he's he's less hands on especially if it's something that we've like done so much but he does look at every all, like all the manuscripts and especially for the stuff that we own yes um so yeah riches riches there like all the pitches go through him like he he, has, he is he's the ultimate arbiter of what we make um well him and you know licensing companies but as far as like scion projects and stuff he is the ultimate arbiter of right. if if we do a thing or not and trinity projects etc um so yeah it's it's that's that's still a deck on some level even though rich is usually pretty quick about it um because rich has a lot that he's doing he's not just looking at books all day he talks to our licensing partners he has meetings he deals with printing and proofs and all kinds of stuff and i'm sure he gets a million emails about absolutely nothing every single day um <laughs> well based based on the amount of email like he occasionally will forward me an email that has like a a convoluted rules question in it, yep and th- that's that's fine, but people are emailing him about convoluted rules questions while he's trying right. to prove all these books yep. um, and we get to them if we can like as 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 best we can uh but yeah it's uh it's it's he's he's in charge of the company like he's got a lot to do, mm-hmm. I have, I have never really seen Rich without a, an an iPad in his hand. Granted, <laughs> yeah. sometimes he's playing Pokemon Go on the <laughs> iPad.
1: There's so many times at conventions he's got his iPad in one hand playing Pokemon Go. He's got his phone in the other hand playing a different Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah. Go. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Oh, that's oh, so funny. So but, addicted.
0: But yeah, so like, it's busy. Um, and also, especially over the past year. I am sure that we, we all dealt with this on some level. You're better at it, I think, than most of us are. Probably you and Matthew are 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 better at putting work down. Mm. Um, but like the the line of work time at home time has gotten very blurred. You're right. Cause, yes. Because for a while there, I was having trouble getting motivated. I was having trouble working. So if if I had a moment of motivation, that's when I worked. Right. And that might be at 7 p.m. hmm And I might have been like, oh, shit, I didn't get much done today. Oh, but I feel really focused right now. I can sit down and work for four hours. Mm -hmm. Um, That also means that I'm sometimes checking my email later than I should be. Um, Or, you know, answering things on Slack when I'm trying to have my unwind time watching TV. And, like, I've turned off Slack on my phone so I don't get notifications after 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. But I still sometimes open it because I am weird and I have boundary issues with that kind of stuff. Like it's a little icon on my phone. I'm gonna I'm gonna poke it sometimes.
1: And, and, and I feel you. Like um, I I I'm, I'm glad you said that I am better about it, but I am not necessarily good at it. Uh, because there have been certainly times where I have told developers, "Here are my work hours. Please only contact me these work hours." And then outside of those work hours, I will then answer their questions. And they're like, "Why?" Are you, but you said, and "It's like I know I, I, I'm complicated."
0: Yeah. No. Same. <laughs> I'm like. I'm like, I'm like, oh, no, I don't work on the weekends. Then I'll see a question from like someone in the editor's Slack on the weekend. And I'm like, I can answer that real quick. And then they'll be like, hey, did you get my file that I sent you? And I'm like, I don't work on the weekends, Um, (laughs) which is just, you know, I, I, I work when I work. I'm I'm sorry. It is sometimes very arbitrary. Uh, Sometimes I don't get going until like lunchtime. And if that's the case, I try to work later at night. And sometimes I'm very motivated and get a lot of stuff done before 4 p.m. And then I can stop and make dinner. And I'm like, yay, I feel accomplished. Uh, But I also, as listeners know, I I think I've talked about it on here several times. I do have ADHD. Um, And now I have Adderall. Right. Which makes my life very different. But I didn't have it until super recently. It's a brand new development. Um, So, yeah, like with ADHD, you know, just trying to like search for those dopamine hits whenever you can. (laughs) Right. Means that sometimes I would take a day and be like, I could work today, or I could spend four hours making a delicious bolognese sauce. And I think I will do that. <laughs> that was a good
1: use of my time.
0: I mean, it was. It was freaking delicious. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've done that. Like, especially during the beginning of the pandemic, when we were all just kind of like doing whatever we could at home to entertain ourselves. I like made marmalade twice, and I never did it again. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was really good. But yeah, so either way, we're all doing our best is the point. And there are some bottlenecks in the in the process. And yeah, take some time off if you can and actually make it feel like a vacation. But as far as approvals go.
1: That is one of the bottlenecks, to be fair. <clears throat>
0: it, it's true. It is. <laughs> um. So when it comes to approvals, do you want to talk about kind of just what that looks like for the lines at least that you're in charge of?
1: Uh, sure. Um and for for context, um I've bet you been on both sides of the mm-hmm. approval process. Um uh for those who don't know, uh when Onyx Path was first formed, uh, I still worked at TCP Games. Uh and so when they owned the World of Darkness and these Alta licenses, so I was Rich's liaison right. uh, to to the people who actually had approvals. Um so my job was to actually Take this stuff, put it in front of people who need to see it, sometimes explain to them the context of what they were looking at, and then bring that information back to Rich. Uh, separately, in the course of this, um, uh, the legal department, I actually became pretty good friends with some of the folks in the legal department at CCP, uh, right. and they would ask me questions because they, they, they were there, hired to be a legal department for a video game company they didn't understand how tabletop role-playing games worked uh and so i got to ask them a lot of questions and that's how i learned about things like well why we don't quote song lyrics it turns out because uh the record companies have gotten very litigious in regards to what they consider mm-hmm. to be sampling um and while such a case could be defended it would there's nothing was ground that would have to go to court and frankly that's not worth the money to spend to protect a five-line quote in a vampire book Right. <laughs> um, so I got to learn all these little bits and details and, and uh so I, I I have some sympathy for both sides of the equation. Um, but generally how the approvals kind of are in two rough groups. Uh the one that I see the most often uh is the internal we'll call it internal approvals. Mm-hmm. Uh so for the stuff that's completely on Bionics path, uh and Pugmire, basically. Uh, even though it's not on Bionics Path, I'm also inside. So it's effectively an internal approval. It's just that I right. have more say in what actually gets approved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and to be fair, a lot of the approvals that I'll talk about, Pugbeyer is a weird exception. So I'll, maybe I may go into that. We'll see. But um, everything ultimately has to go through Rich, like you said. So uh, there's a pitch approval phase, uh, which is basically does Rich want to make this book? there's the uh outline approval phase which is is this the book that rich thought we were making and is he happy with this content there's the manuscript phase which is that is this the book that we want to make again and it's like like, now that we actually have a a, a text do we want to make this book the way it is or does it need to change Uh, and then there's layout approval which is this is the final book Mm -hmm. um there's also an art approval phase in there which is more ad hoc as mike gets art in it goes through rich and then ultimately to any other licensors um also
0: sometimes it goes through the devs if it's a specific like if the art is really specific not not all the art goes through us right um but like pretty much all the exalted art gets looked at by the exalted devs um, because subscribing some of that stuff in Exalted is really hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to make sure it looks right.
1: Um, uh, I, I tend to get more art approvals uh, for Pokemon art stuff. I, tend, I I get a lot more art approvals, but not completely. Um, mm-hmm. if I asked for it, I would get it, but I, frankly, I, I trust Mike, I trust Rich. So I generally have had a light hand on that, but yeah. by our arrangement, I could ask. For those approvals
0: yeah i think i think the only reason that we're so weird about it for exalted is because we do have so many canon characters as well right so no, we're I, trying to represent correctly
1: exalted is a weird beast because you have 25 years of continuous continuity
0: well 20 years
1: well okay you have a lot of years of continuous continuity um and that all has to basically line up so you ha- you have to make sure that this art piece you're making now actually represents something that was depicted maybe 15 years ago in the books
0: exactly um or 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 that has been mentioned several times and described thoroughly in other books, but has never been arted. It's right. like okay, we're gonna art it now. And yeah. Um also just, you know, with Exalted Third, especially, we tried to uh make the genders more equal in terms of how much armor they're wearing. Right. <laughs> uh so that's something else that we look at.
1: So but um since we're still on the art stage. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say that um I'm more responsible for making new games with Onyx Path. It's true. And so uh, the stuff you're talking about for Exalted, we tend to do at the early onset of a game line. Mm-hmm. Um, and what kind of game line is a bit nebulous. Uh, but for example, a new Trinity core setting will usually get this kind of discussion. So we've had this discussion for Aberrant. I know we've had this discussion for Anima. Um, mm-hmm. We will likely have this discussion for Aether. Uh, So we say, okay, what is this book going to look like? And there's a core Trinity style, obviously. Mm -hmm. But then within that, we have certain complexities. Uh, And so that usually, it's been ad hoc. We're starting to formalize the process, but um, it's been at least Mike, Rich, me, and Ian talking through what the look needs to be. Um, And we try to get that somewhere before the final manuscript. Uh, after the outline, again, that part's a little vague uh, because we don't want to wait so long that the manuscript's done before it might even starts the process. When to get at least a sense of where it's going. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, until the book's even outlined, you can't really have a meaningful discussion. Although occasionally we've had, like with with uh, with aberrant and to a lesser extent adventure, those were existing games, so mm-hmm. kind of basis point. Rich was like, like this, but here's where to change it. So. But-
0: yeah but then with, with with anima of course we're introducing the mmo right. which has all these fantasy people um and i i when i wrote them up i i tried to paint them with a really broad brush because mm-hmm. i wanted this game to be like the most customizable mmo you've ever had because mm-hmm. if you're like me um you can open up a game spend three hours of character creation and then turn it off uh because i like character creation <laughs> right. um like i i play the sims sometimes and all i do is make sims and then make their houses and then maybe i'll play them i don't know mm-hmm. uh but like that's how i felt about this one so when i was able to like do all these race or these like f- fantasy peoples that, that dominic had come up with it was really really cool to be able to say like okay the trovians are based on these kind of fish but you can be any kind of fish you want really um so any any color any you know cool little extra doodads you want to put on yourself that's great and then same with like the, the bug people like you can be any kind of bug i don't care what kind of bug you are um you can only have four limbs that work right, right? you could have extra limbs that don't do anything but look cool i mm-hmm. don't care have fun um and so that 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 means that the artists have a lot of leeway and a lot of places to go a little wild if they want to which is very cool
1: Right, but I remember um, when we started talking about uh, the the art process. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I had pitched was doing two different art styles because right. I wanted to visually show that there are different elements book. And so I was like, since uh, the the cyberpunk side of anima is pretty close to trinity core, it, the, mm-hmm. your your talents you just have cyberware and a couple extra doodads. Um, it's like we can Ooh, use trinity, doodad. basic trinity art direction. As that side of things. And then um, after a long discussion, we ultimately settled on kind of Exalted Third for the MMO. Um, it's not quite that, uh, but I, I pitched like Korean MMOs, got lots of references. We also did lots of World of Warcraft. Um, based big, of World of Warcraft, big,
0: big fantasy. Big fantasy.
1: Right, yeah. World of Warcraft inspired Korean MMO design, so, and it's kind of a cyclical thing. Um, and also, it, it, that's not quite anime, but there's more of anime influence. Um, and so we, we talked through a lot of that, but ultimately Mike's like, oh, I know a bunch of resulted artists that could probably nail that. And it's like, well, yeah, I suppose that in retrospect would have been a faster conversation, but, <laughs> um, it, it's, it's, it's cohesive, but it's still distinctive. It's like, you know, the, and Rich had some very strong opinions about how to make it look, but we want it to look kind of like concept art for these video games. Cause Rich and I have worked in MMOs. So, mm-hmm. We're talking a lot about the kind of art that we generated to figure it's out. It's actually
0: art. really cool because when we were first talking about anime, I was like, I'd love some like concept art looking pieces, and then everybody mm-hmm. was on board with that too. So yay.
1: Yeah, no, so yeah, that was definitely stuff we wanted to do. Um, but this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier is that uh, all of this stuff has to go through rich. Um, and sometimes mm-hmm. if uh, we're making for example, uh, we had a stretch goal for the squeaks jump start, squeaks and deep jump start. Mm-hmm. And I wrote the outline. I sent to Rich. He gave me a thumbs up emoji. That was it. He's like, whatever. Um, yeah, no,
0: I, I definitely had books like that where it's like, hey, can we send this on to Paradox? And like, you know, within an hour, Rich is like, yep.
1: Right. Um, I suspect he looked at it, but it was probably like the, I know what a JumpStart is. Yes. Okay. Nothing's well, else. Well, yeah,
0: that's the thing. It's like he's he's seen that several times, and also if he knows who developed it and who kind of worked on it, like often he 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 does trust us, you know?
1: <laughs> right. But if it's a big product or a brand new game um generally a good metric is if it's if we envision it going to kickstarter rich probably needs to be more heavily involved yeah totally um and so um the the pitch stage can be as simple as rich want to make this book cool great um sometimes we actually iterate several times the pitch stage sometimes we make a pitch and we sit on it for a while because it's not it's like this book you probably want to do but now's not the right time
0: yeah yeah we we, we have like a an an. an on hold tag in our software where where, where we track things Mm -hmm. uh, specifically for those kinds of pitches where it's like, this is a cool pitch. We're going to hang out for a little bit. Right.
1: And, uh, what we've been doing internally is that if it's on hold for a while, it kind of goes through a soft reapproval, Um, just because things change. Uh, there are books we're making now that were pitched prior to 2020. It's like, okay, things have changed and maybe we need to reassess this. Um, Anima is not a great example, but the book we had in mind in 2019, when we first talked about it, became a very different book in 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. But we talked during that process. So we didn't necessarily go through re-approval rather than I was like, I see it's kind of course cresting here. And we talked for a team and it was fine. Mm-hmm. But some of this stuff, it's like, you know, just we may be in a different place as a company. It's like, or we've, put, we've inadvertently put out a book that's very similar to this now. We need to adjust it in different directions. So Yeah, totally. Um, Sometimes those approvals do need to change. Um, but uh, once Rich is on board with like what this book's going to be, and sometimes the, over the course of the process, um, the book goes in a different direction. That's why we have these check in points. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, once the outline's approved, we know that no book survives contact with the outline. Eventually, <laughs> it's true. That book is going to be different from what we picked out in the word count. I mean, worst case, or sorry, best case scenario is the word counts could be a little off. I mean, it's never going to be 15,000 words exactly. It's going to be like, you know, 1450 and the chapter is 1550. So, okay, it nets up. That's fine. Um, there's always going to be some small change, but sometimes they pretty significantly change. Or everyone did not quite have the same understanding of what the outline was going to do. Right.
0: Um, or in the worst cases, which has happened a couple of times, uh, we forgot to put something in the outline. That right. was necessary for the book. Yes. Uh, which has happened on a couple books. I'm not going to get too into it. But every now and then we're like, oh, we pitched this as X. We've been talking about it as X. We did not put X in the outline. Damn it. How right. did we do that? Right. Um, and that's when you have to go back and be like, can I add 10,000 words to this? Because <laughs> I need to. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's 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 something else that occasionally happens.
1: Right. Um, so, uh, that's why it's worth going through the manuscript before we go to editing is sometimes we Mm -hmm. have to go through and reassess it. And again, uh, I'd say 90% of the time, uh, it's on the level of, here are some comments. Maybe adjust and take this direction. I'm seeing as a concern here, rewrite this a little bit. Uh, but nothing really holds it up. Uh, There have been a few books where it's been like, okay, we need to stop and rewrite a chunk of it. it it's, it's just mm-hmm. not working or it's not going in the direction Rich wants to go in. Um, and I've been seeing a lot of Rich, 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 because Rich is the owner of the company, is the creative director. But right. um, I do want to make it clear, Rich is extremely collaborative. Um,
0: yeah, There have totally. been
1: plenty of times where Rich is like, I'm not seeing why I've gone in the direction Convince me. Let's talk about it. Let's talk it through
0: oh yeah 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 like we're we're not meaning to say that he is like dictatorial in any way i mean no. you know it is it is it is honestly very rare that that he's just like no it has to be this way here's why mm-hmm. um and often it's just about us like convincing each other because sometimes i'm the one who's like why is this like this This is weird and then you know rich will explain to me and i'm like right. oh okay yeah. uh now now it all clicks um and yeah for for some games that uh, we've done we have definitely been super collaborative and had like long ass meetings where we just brainstorm essentially right. at each other um because eventually someone's going to hit on something and then someone else is going to build on it and it's going to be very very cool mm-hmm. uh, but yeah that's that's yeah no he is he is not you know mean about it in, in any way and he, he'll no. definitely always listen to your reasoning behind why you did a thing
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's like you said, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's rare. And it's one of the reasons why I love working with Onyx Path is because Rich is so receptive to commentary. Um, and I have seen projects shift as he goes, okay, what about this? And, and there's plenty of times where I'm like, I want to do X and Rich is like, I really want to do Y. And then we talk through It's like, oh, actually, we're both really talking about Z. Oh, okay. And then we find not even a synthesis, but just a whole new third way of doing it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It is. It is very funny whenever we kind of realize that we're not talking about the same thing,
1: even mm-hmm. though we think we are. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, oh, I thought you meant Y. You meant X this whole time. I'm okay. Um, yeah, let's 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 find a, a, a medium.
1: Right. And so it's good to always have these check-ins. And it can be obviously it's frustrating if you get to the the. Manuscript, it's done, and it's like, well, we have to rewrite a chunk of it, or sometimes even throw a chapter out. Um, it it it's frustrating, but ideally, the pitch and outline stages prevent a lot of that from happening. If everyone's having these mm-hmm. conversations and approvals at those moments, then that prevents bigger rewrites down the road.
0: Right? Yeah. Like, I, I ideally you want to hammer this all out before you give it to writers, if you can, right? Or like at at red lines at the latest.
1: Hmm. So. Um, and then the layout phase, uh, uh, l- approval stage, generally is kind of more of a technical approval at that point. Um, uh, the developers worked with Mike on the actual proofing and errata and getting all the stuff in. So by the time that actually look at the final layout, it's just, is this looking right? Is, is this art in the right place? Um, and then we have even printer proofing, um, which is the, we send it off to the printer and it's mm-hmm. come back to the printer. And, and again, it's a very technical. Are these pages printed in the right order? Is the color too light or too dark? Um, yeah. Is the right interior there? And it seems like those are silly questions, but all of those things I just listed have been wrong in proofs that I've seen, at least.
0: Yeah, no, it is. It is not completely unusual for us to get a, a, a proof and, you know, Mike to be like, why is this one image so dark? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, we need to tweak it a little bit in the file so that it's not super dark. When right. When the final um, printing happens.
1: Uh. uh one of the things I was, I was really bad for is when, when we did my core book, um, uh, Mike lives here in Atlanta, you know, so we were able to kind of meet up for lunch mm-hmm. and he actually brought the physical printer proof with him. And so yeah, he was like, I want you to check every page and make sure you're okay with it. And so Aww. we sat there over burritos and I actually went through every page and we talked about a couple of things. Generally, I, I didn't have any comments. Um, but it was a chance to go through. And then afterwards uh, it was like, if I ever asked, say how long to see the print proof, I could ask for that because again, I'm technically a licensor, uh, but I was like, I, I trust you guys. I've worked with you for 15 years. I, right. I, I'm not worried about this, but I appreciate for the first book. It makes sense to make sure everyone's comfortable with it because then the second book it's be like, what's oh, going to be like the first book. Okay. Well then if I know how the first book looked, I'm not worried about the second book. And again, that's where the, the, Um, approval attention sometimes drops off because it's the, okay, well, Mm -hmm. we've, we've established this core structure. If it's a derivation of that structure, approvals can move pretty fast at that point. Yeah, totally. Um, so that's all the internal stuff. And, and even if we're talking about something with a licensed product, we're all still going through these phases. Because at the end of the day, Rich also has to be happy with the book we're making, regardless of what the licensors want or don't want. It has to be a book that he can stand behind as a company. Mm -hmm.
0: And yeah, then we do, of course, have people like, you know, Matthew, who is kind of like internal, but still looks at all that they came from books. Right. Um, And then, of course, like we talked about Eddie does Pugmire. I don't really do any of the, like, approvals on my end too much. I will, like, go through stuff that devs have have done for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I tend to hire devs I trust on lines.
1: Well, I mean, you do approve editing.
0: True, true, true. Um, but even then, like I said, after someone's done like three or four projects and I haven't had any negative feedback about them, and especially if their projects are going into Errata later and not getting like slammed,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, then I, I stop doing that for the most part. Like I don't, like I've, I've I've got a few veteran editors that I I don't check their work because right. I trust them. And I also trust them to ask questions if they have them, which is a, a whole different thing. Because mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, I'll just shout her out because she's cool. Maria Cambone, one of my favorite editors. She's mm-hmm. great. Uh, also Matt Click. Love them both. They are two of my, ones I've been working with a little bit longer. And Maria especially has been amazing since I made the editor slack about asking questions in there. Mm-hmm. And then one of my other newer editors is an exalted expert. <laughs> more so than i am like big exalted fan uh so she's doing an exalted book right now and whenever she has a question he's like i can answer that and i'm like i'm like just ping gavin <laughs> like just don't, don't don't even ping me because gavin actually knows the answer because <laughs> um, yeah like I, I i don't know all the exalted terminology right uh but but yeah so very 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 cool and that's that's what i uh what i like to do also i had a dev do something recently that i have never had them do before where they reached out to the person who edited their book and said thank you you did a great job oh nice and i was like that's nice of them they didn't have to do that that's cool
1: that's very cool
0: like i've i've heard it from people like to my face but it was cool they actually like emailed a person that they didn't really know all that well just to be like hey
1: thanks good but job buddy just, I, I dig that that's awesome
0: yeah So, yeah, so there's some approval on my end, but it's definitely not as rigid or as often as what the rest of y'all do, Mm -hmm. Um, which is fine.
1: Uh, And uh, so we had then – if if there's a licensed product, uh, Mm -hmm. there's an external approval. External Um, approval. And – before I dig into this, I want to offer some caveats. Um, obviously, Paradox is the license we work with the most, but the stuff I'm going to talk about is not going to be exclusive to Paradox. I mean, we're also talking about um, Michael Pucci, who we licensed Stopey Rising from, also mm-hmm. Caliber Comics uh, for Legend Lore, and to a certain degree, uh, Pugmire stuff uh, goes through some form of these discussions. So, um, I don't want anyone to listen to this podcast to go. Well, paradox has exactly X. It's like no, I, I'm, I'm obfuscating some of the internal stuff. I'm also going to talk about some things like how we did approvals of CCP and how I've done approvals on my end mm-hmm. with other big companies. So I mean, I'm really trying to abstract a lot of this.
0: Yes, we are going to be intentionally vague, right? Uh, because sometimes the approvals process can be a little rough, and that's that's something that we should talk about.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so uh, uh if it's, if it's a licensed approval, the the structure that it can it can vary by product. It can vary by company. The structure we have at Onyx Path. We generally try to get contractually. For Onyx Path, is the same. Uh, they get sign off on the pitch. They get sign off on the outline. They get sign off on the manuscript and sign off on the art and sign off on the layout. Mm-hmm. Um, some projects, some companies require uh, uh, time based uh, milestones. Mm-hmm. Um, so like every, I want to see where you're at every month, every three months, or what have you. Um, some only care about the final product. Right. Uh, some want to have regular meetings. Uh, so it does very much change by company. But um, we've been lucky enough at Onyx Path that we've uh, had licensors that have basically more or less said, we trust that your process works. So we will try to map our uh, approval process to your milestones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a good approval contract, um, the licensor has a limited amount of time to review that. And I, I say good because it is best for all parties. If there's a limit on that time. Uh, yes, yeah, Some companies don't believe this, but I have found being on being both sides of this is that if it's like, well, what does it get to whenever there will always be something that's more important than licensing your tabletop game. And, and mm-hmm. that means that you're not, that game's not out there and it's not making you money. Um. And on the flip side, obviously, a limited time scope means that the people making your game can move ahead. Right. Um, There are sometimes what are called colloquially soft approvals and hard approvals, um, which basically means soft approval is uh, we're showing this to you, but we're going to move ahead because Mm -hmm. we don't anticipate any problems. Hard approval is we cannot move forward until you approve this. Right. Um, Generally speaking, Onyx Path, uh, both internally and externally, we tend to work on a hard approval Concept across the board. Every once in a while, it's like, okay, this needs to go ahead. We're showing us to you. stop me if you see a concern, but otherwise, we're just gonna assume it's fine. Right. But those are like emergency situations usually. Um, like this guitar is about to launch in two weeks, so we gotta get this going. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh. uh in my experience, um, the most input tends to be uh, at the early stages of the project and at the critical stages of the project. So, the early stage mm-hmm. for us would be pitch, some discussion about is this a book we want to make? Um, some companies require an actual formal pitch documents, like uh, how much money the participant is making, what's the market for it, whatnot. Um, people who have seen my blog post about how to write a pitch, uh, some of that is drawn from my experience with actual formal pitch documents. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I've, 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 I've had to do a few of those as well during my time here for, for a couple of our licenses.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and they're uh, they're not fun, but um, they're important because, uh, especially for companies that have a lot of licensing, they need to be able to fit this proposal into an overall process that they have. Right. To make sure it could be approved and adjusted and compared to commiserate products. Um, so if I'm pitching a game to, say, Hasbro, uh, they clearly have a very strong idea on what tabletop games are, and so uh, that has to fit within their overall tabletop RPG plan. So that pitch has to find a space inside of that. So like, yes, this is right. a need we need to meet, and it, it is compatible with other things that we're making. Um, if it was, if I'm pitching this to say CCP games, which at the time did not have a tabletop RPG, uh, understanding, um, Mm -hmm. it's okay. Why do we have to make this? And okay, well, this is kind of analogous to a spinoff thing, like say a novel or a comic book. Uh, and then we have to kind of fit it into that thing. So sometimes the pitch process is a bit of explaining how this is different, Mm -hmm. but you want to reduce that complexity as much as possible. Um, because frankly executives are very busy and don't have time because they're focused on the thing they make. They're not focused on the things they license. Right. Um the outline stage tends to be softer. Uh it's still a hard approval in my experience, but usually I find I as a licensee are saying it's best if I don't go ahead till you sign off on this.
0: Well, yeah, also with a company that has multiple uh licensees. Mm -hmm. um if you write an outline and you go oh i'll include this cool thing in it and they they look at it and they go oh no no no, that contradicts what you know that this 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 other company is doing right or what this other group is writing in their book or no we want to put that in a different book and here's why um and then you have to kind of you know play with that and massage it out um because that 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 happens like there are quite a few companies out there that have multiple licensees um doing different kinds of products and knowing you know what like I don't know what they're making because I don't work there. So we have to just go off whatever the licensor tells us.
1: Right. Um, But in a lot of experiences, the outline doesn't tell the licensor much about what they expect to see in the book Mm -hmm. Um, because there is a certain skill in reading an outline and understanding an outline. Um, That's something that I've kind of had to come to terms with as I onboard new uh, freelancers is that the outline is not as obvious as it perhaps seems to be because it's, it's a very technical document. It's a design document really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you don't know, if, if I give someone who's never made a role playing game, say we're going to talk 10,000 words of character creation. It's like, what's character creation? How much 10,000 words? Is that too many? Is that too few? I don't know. And they're probably <laughs> going to be like, sure, I guess that's fine. That's usually some form of the process. But um, if I am licensee, I'll probably some effective, like, I've highlighted a few areas I think you might want to look at and make sure that you know we're going to just claim Grumble Duke or whatever. I do are We already have plans for claim Grumble Duke. That's going to be down the road. It's, you know, uh, uh, Dawkins DDP is going to be actually making uh, Grumble Duke. You can't do that. Uh, <laughs> that. That's that's the secret why he's not really here. He's actually writing the clump, Grumble Duke Clan book right now.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 on its way. It, it's not. <laughs> it, it is absolutely not. not
1: is happening. not. Um, but, you know, so being able to, to focus them on specific things tends to be more common. Um, but again, the outline stage is usually not really robust because that we have needed the heavier work in the, the the pitch phase. The pitch phase is usually a little more, again, structured regimented and has a better sense of what you're going to be in it. Whereas for purely internal stuff, I have been, I try to do stronger pitches, but I have pitched little things like I'm going to do a source book for now and it's going to contain this, mm-hmm. which is like cool, great. The pitch is like two sentences. It can be that short. I try not to, but sometimes that's all I need to do. Um, there have been times where uh, the pitch is literally whatever the jumpstart stretch goal was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: We're like, going to jumpstart. Well, we hit that stretch goal. That's the pitch.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the like essence novella pitches were pretty much that. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be a novella set in Exalt. It's set in creation.
1: It's going to have words
0: written by this person who was mentioned yep. in the stretch goal. That's it. Right. We're done. Yep.
1: Um, uh, but for again for license stuff, um, generally you want to have a, a a more robust thing. And sometimes we've had to backdate pitches for some companies. Um, it's been like you know, we we talked formally, you know, like on a phone call or whatever, or an email. Just yeah, that's cool. Go ahead and go get started. But for our records, let's get a pitch on file. Yeah, totally. Um. So then the 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 the, the peak uh the 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 detailed um pitch or approval I'd say is, is for us the manuscript. Um that's when we do want them to dig through. And this is where the time frame comes in. Cause frankly, reading a pitch, reading an outline takes like a short amount of time. Um so that we never have to worry about necessarily those taking too long unless like stuff's out. Right. Um for most companies I've worked at, it's usually a certain number of business days uh and it ranges from about I've seen as short as five, but usually 10 to 15 is the minimum to mm-hmm. as many as 30 business days. Right. Um, and uh, I will say anecdotally, there have been some companies that colleagues might have worked with uh, that refuse to limit to a number of business days. They said, we will get the approval back when we get the approval back. Mm-hmm. Um, I have never heard any of those projects. They may have been at the end a great project, but none of the teams are happy about that. Um, So it's something that, I know, when I'm involved in negotiating a licensing agreement, I try to make sure, okay, let's get some kind of time limit on this. Right. Um, We generally shoot for 10 business days at Onyx Path. Uh, We think that two real-world weeks is a pretty decent amount of time to read through a manuscript. For really big books or very complicated books, we recognize that there may be additional time. And so we occasionally ad hoc say, okay, we know this is a 500-page book. It's been 10 business days. Do you need a little extra time? And we try to be good business partners and, and work with that. Mm-hmm. um but uh there have been business partners that we've given them a you know 200,000 word book and, and an hour later they're like yep that's great and it's like you could not have possibly have read that
0: <laughs> yeah that's fine <laughs> it's like yeah whatever that's good
1: I mean, um that's,
0: that's that 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 goes back to almost something i was talking about earlier where it's like sometimes if a licensing partner just trust you that you're doing your best work they don't you know feel the need to go over every single little detail
1: right but it is, it's less to do with trust and more to do with business culture. Um, True. Uh, like, for example, uh, with Stopia Rising, um, the license holder changed throughout that. But at the end, um, we always worked with Michael Pucci on that. Mm-hmm. And now, now he's currently the, the holder of the license. Uh, and Michael and I have known each other for a while now. Um, and this, is, this kind of licensing is part of what his job is now. Um, so he gets back pretty, pretty fast because to him, this is a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, when I worked on, uh, the WWE role-playing game, uh, sometimes approvals take several months. Uh, and part of that is because not only did our contact have to approve it, but also it had to be vetted through legal. Through oh, the legal team. Yeah. Uh, and I know this because, uh, one of the comments we got back is that the legal says that, uh, All the names of the wrestlers have to be, uh, have the TM because they're all trademarked by the WWE.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Um, And so every time you mention Eddie Guerrero, it would be Eddie Guerrero TM. You know, every time. (laughs) Uh, And um, so that's another part of the approval process, that there are times where approvals would come down that you're not going to understand the context of why you're getting the direction you are. Uh, Because it's Mm -hmm. going to be business stuff that you're not privy to necessarily. Um, And again, I've been on both sides of this. uh, But like um, any example I can say is when I worked at CCP, um, uh, Onyx had wanted to do uh, second editions of Chronicles Darkness even back in 2012. Uh, And CCP said, no, you have to do these Chronicle books. Mm Mm-hmm. And I knew the reason why was because they were considering using Chronicles Darkness material in the MMO and they did not want to confuse people that the second edition, Oh, that's going to be just like the MMO because they knew that weren't, they weren't going to do that. They were going to be blending right. bits and pieces. Um, so they wanted to extend first edition. So that way when the MMO came out, that could be the quote unquote new world darkness and there were vague plans for how that would roll out. Um, and I'm comfortable saying this because those business deals are all extant, and my NDAs expired many years ago. So um, this is, again, like 10 years ago. I'm not worried about offending mm-hmm. anybody.
0: They're going to come after you, Eddie.
1: But I couldn't explain that to Rich at the time, right? Right. I can't tell him that. He kind of knew just because we've worked together, and also mm-hmm. he, he had been at CCP. So it, was like, it wasn't a surprise or anything, but it was something I couldn't legally tell him what our business plans were because he was mm-hmm. not privy to those. Um, and so there were a couple times where we had awkward conversations. Was like, Here's what's going on. Um sorry. Uh but because I was internal, I was able to say, I know what Rich is gonna ask. So can we answer his questions now so that way I can give him an answer? Because he may not necessarily know what to ask, but I could be here to advocate. Yeah. Um, not all companies have that kind of advocate going in both directions. Uh, I it's nice if we do, and a lot of our business partners, we do have someone who either is the person we need to talk to or can get us in touch with the person we need to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, an editor-in-chief or, you know, the chief creative officer, whatever. Um, but sometimes it's a case of, okay, here's the answer. I can't tell you why. You just got to change it.
0: Yeah. The other thing that, like, so uh, obviously art gets approved. Um, mm-hmm. It goes goes through various companies. Sometimes it doesn't go through an artist. It just goes through whoever's in charge of the company. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes it does go through, like, an an art director at the other mm-hmm. company and generally that's when we see more changes that need to be made which is fine you mm-hmm. know that's cool we can we, we can tweak stuff um it's very very rare that a piece of art just gets rejected like that or or that anything really gets rejected by a licensor mm-hmm. um i i honestly can't think of a time when like something just got outright like node in the past little bit here it's been a while yeah but you know stuff stuff does get changed occasionally or commented on um, And then one other thing and this 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 will be a slightly paradox specific thing but that's okay because it's not a, a dig in, in, in any way mm. and that's that Sweden takes like two full months off for vacation every year right they, they, they take off like all of July pretty much
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then like all of December. Um, or, you know, some, some version of like, like four week vacation in there. Right. Um,
1: and and, and so that's why, I mean, I simply said 10 business days. So if we send them an approval two days before they go on vacation, then it's two days, that entire vacation time. And then eight days after they come back in the office.
0: Right. So usually we try to make sure that we just don't send them anything. during that time because they are very good about telling us when their vacations are Mm -hmm. um so often we'll just hold stuff until that happens but if you ever see like a full month on the blog where like a bunch of stuff is just sitting there and like post approval like post 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 editing and not going to approvals it 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 might be during their vacation time and that's that's fine It's it's a different country they work differently than we do um, I would love to have two months of vacation every year, <laughs> like man, mandated vacation.
1: But also, um, some of it is just being a business partner. Like, um, there have been times where um, I worked on projects, and it's like, you know, hey, it's been you know ten days is up, and they're like, hey, so sorry, I can get back to you. you know, I've been in the hospital, or you know, uh, something happened to my children, or you know, COVID, or whatever. Um, and okay, you know what? Take a few more days. Cause obviously you have not been, even if you've been physically in the office, you've not been obviously engaged in business on the same level.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's the same thing that we talked about so recently in our freelancer, uh, chats where like, sometimes it can be frustrating to not be able to get a hold of somebody or nothing done on time, but also you don't know what their life is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that applies to business partners as well as it does to freelancers, like, I'm not over there in their office. I don't know what they're dealing with. I'm right. not in anybody else's office, but my own home office. Um, so I, I don't know what's going on at any given time of the day. Um, mm-hmm. Or if they are having issues, unless we are, like, friends on social media, which is very rare, honestly. I'm, I'm not friends with a lot of our licensing partners on social media. Um, and even then, they might have an emergency that they're not talking about. Uh, so, yeah, so, like, you just can't always know. And I try to keep all the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. um, for as long as I can. So that is something that applies to It 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 is one of those things about working remotely that I think you just have to get used to. Yeah. Is that you don't know everybody's life because you don't see them in the office every day. Um, And that's that's fine. It's there is there's a lot of upsides to it. But that is one of the drawbacks is that you can't kind of like keep dabs on people, which I know is both a good thing and a bad thing. Right. Like it is nice to let people work at their own pace and to not be like breathing down their necks all the time and, you know, Micromanaging anybody, but also sometimes you're like, but I want to micromanage you a little bit, like just a little bit,
1: <laughs> right? And, and so, for example, um if you're uh, for licensing from a video game company, you know it could be like, okay, we set this approval in, you have ten days, but like they might be in the middle of crunch, mm-hmm. and ten days come and go, and they're just like, oh, I, I didn't have time to breathe, let alone look at this manuscript, yeah.
0: and like crunch is a whole other conversation, but
1: right, but yeah. but, but, but it's a reality. It's like you know, there they, you know, in the video game world, there are times where you're spending 12, 14 hours a day focused on a project and this license project just is just not going to be a priority. And there's the, the, there's the legal thing of, well, we gave you 10 days, you know, it's not our fault. We can move ahead, but that doesn't, it sets a very specific tone for a business relationship. Um, and it's not going to make things easier for the next time when we do need something done. Um, but also on the flip side, if you're too, reluctant or if you're too like, you know, just whatever, then you might as well not have a time limit at all. So there is a a delicate balance of like, I'll give you few days this time, but then next time, you know, if you could turn this approval around in a few days so we could hit this other metric for us, that would be great. And that's where Mm -hmm. you want to ideally be, much like any other personal relationship is like, you know, I'll give you you a little leeway here if you give me a little leeway there. And that's where you get a really solid, good approval relationship because really at the end of the day, the approval process is about people. Mm Mm-hmm. It's about, are the people involved happy with this book? And there are going to be times where they had a bad day or they just weren't thinking right. And they said, yeah, this thing is fine. They get set up in the world and say, like, oh, wait, that's a huge problem. We, we need to change that. So sometimes, it, you know, by, by the letter of the contract, no, you've approved it. It's fine. But it's like, okay, you know, let's, let's bring it back in. Let's make this change, whatever. It doesn't happen very often. Once in a while, it's like, you know, this got too far along and mm-hmm. it shouldn't have. Um, but you know, rather than worrying about, wow, you did this and you did that. Sometimes the conversation gets down to that. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to. Sometimes the conversation, you uh-huh. have to go, no, I'm sorry. We agreed to this. This is the book that came out. You, 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 you've, you had your opportunity. Sometimes you have to be that firm, Right. But sometimes it's the, no, okay. Um, uh, I see where you're coming from. Uh, that's kind of slipped by all of us. So let's, uh, let's get that fixed. Yeah, totally. It's enough of a structure to make sure things are still moving forward. But it's... In an ideal world, it's enough to protect everybody, but not so restrictive that we can't make the best products collaboratively.
0: Exactly, and that's approvals.
1: And that's approvals. That's
0: it. Um, obviously, it, it it will look different in different industries, as we talked about. we were only talking about really the role playing game industry. Yep. Uh, with like a little touch of video game in there, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I'm I I know it looks completely differently in like like regular publishing. Yes. Um. Et, et cetera. So don't don't take this as like this is how work for every industry ever. It's how they work for us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. And uh, p- people are always curious about that process. So I figured we talk about it. Um. It's it's fairly straightforward, as you've probably heard. But there are lots of little nuancy bits in it that uh, it's it's cool to kind of dig into. Honestly, I'm I'm surprised we filled 40 minutes with that.
1: Well, I knew that. <laughs> it, it's it's. Uh, I have seen a lot of over the years variations of why is it taking so long for X to approve Y? Right. Um, and we can't always answer specifics of those questions, you know, because see, I can't tell you. Well, it's because on the back end, I know that the licensor is you know, ramping up to release this big movie they're working on. Right. I can't tell you any of that. Um, so we have to give vague answers, like, you know, well, you know, they're on vacation or it's taking a while, but we'll get to it when we can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought that it was worth spending time to kind of express some of the nuances and, and complexities of what might be going on in the background of approval not addressing any specific concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way people are like, oh, okay. It's not just because, you know, the manuscript sitting on someone's desk and they're just ignoring it.
0: Exactly. Totally. Also, we don't sit manuscripts on desks anymore. Generally.
1: I do. I mean, I, every time I get an approval, I always print it out.
0: You shouldn't do that. You are wasting paper. <laughs> <laughs> Especially those full-color PDFs you keep printing out. you got to stop that, Eddie.
1: I know. Um, I know.
0: Single-sided? What's wrong gonna, with I'm
1: you? I'm going to build a house out of it.
0: <laughs> well, if people want to get your approval, where can they
1: find Ooh, you? That's a good one. Um, they can find me at uh, pugsteady.com. They can find me on Twitter at pugsteady. Uh, and you can usually find me hanging around Discord being disreputable. people.
0: uh you can find me everywhere at dixie as dixie cyanide on social media Uh, you can find me at DixieCocker.com, and also as eddie said in the discords being you know destructive and weird um just 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 being a weirdo Uh, if you want my approval you have to earn it
1: Um... (laughs) it's not just given away
0: I, 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 dis- I disapprove of, of everybody as a matter of course. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> you can find us at the uh, TheOnyxPath on my social media. And as always, many worlds, one podcast.